The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Dueling Review. This week, we are taking a look at Samurai Sonia number one from Dynamite Entertainment. Let's take the concept of a warrior woman Mm -hmm. and put her in a different time period. Now, don't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. Except that Mm -hmm. Samurai Sonia is in no way relation to Red Sonia. She's not a descendant of thousands of years. Right. Uh, but it's just a samurai. Yeah. It's just a I, samurai book. I think that this kind of falls into that same. Uh, did you read Sonya Universal? No. no. This okay. also doesn't well, say Versal, that this is. They, this also doesn't say that it's part of the, the Sonyaverse. But it is. So, uh, Red, Red Sonya is only one of many Sonyas across the universe, uh, as the Beatles would say. Because uh, there was a yellow Sonia and a blue Sonia. There's like a steampunk Sonia, and there's there's Sonias from the future and the past, and there's a Sonia with a mecha robot, and there's like worlds of Sonias. Well, they need the, to say that this know, is a Sonia verse tie-in or book or something like that. Because this I, just says Samurai Sonia. Uh huh. And it doesn't say this is part of the Sonia verse. Just says Sonia, daughter of a slain samurai, is eager to prove herself worthy of her fam- family's glorious history. But it's a red Sonia. It's a red Sonia book. Well, yes, it, but it's but again, this is the same problem that DC has. Put a goddamn stamp on your freaking book if you're in Earth seventy two, and put a different stamp on the book when you're in Earth one. That's all you gotta do. Wow. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry. I apologize, dear listeners. Okay. That's all they got to do is put a little thing on there, a little sticker. They can even get a little gold foil printout and have one of their office managers that's there peeling off there and stick it on there. And they could probably charge an extra buck for this book because they got their foil sticker on there that says a Sonya verse tie in. That being said, this is a fairly generic story. It is. Fairly Um, generic comic book. I feel like we've read this entire issue <laughs> with Red Sonia. I feel like we've we? read this this book. Yeah, I feel like this particular story, uh, you know, it it does have some specific touches, you know, to tie it into a Japanese experience and to try and, you know, give it, uh, I don't want to say flavoring because there's a lot more than just like flavoring here. There's a lot of stuff, but I mean, there's I a feel like sea the monster, basis of this. There's a yeah. promise to a dragon. There's, right. there's a cool know, a samurai monk that she puts on. There's a Amaterasu. There's a whole bunch of gratuitous Japanese that pops up. I mean, there's stuff here that really ties this to kind of an Edo period uh, samurai it adventure. It says it is but, a Sengoku period. Oh, forgive me. 
So you, you, I mean, you have that, but the basic story is young woman, family all dies. She makes a vow. She fights a giant monster. And now she's going to walk the earth, having adventures and chopping people up. I mean, nothing wrong. No, but so like, um, what's the one with the evil devil samurai, Sonia? What's, what's that one that you've read? The, that, that was Sonia Versal. That's hell. Sonia, hell, Sonia. See, at least she's got something that's like, she's got a hook, right? And like purple Sonia, the purple Sonia book, right? Yeah. Purple Sonia is the one in the future with the giant robot. Yeah. It it feels like it has a hook. They could have just named this like samurai. I don't know. Something else. I, this, there's nothing here that makes this a, Sonia book, right? She doesn't even have red hair. Most of the alternate Sonias don't. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So here's the thing. The story is fine. There's nothing wrong with this story. If, if you're into like a uh, feudal Japan type stuff, uh, if you're into samurais, if you're into, uh, lady samurais, Ooh, that should be that should have been a movie in the eighties, Lady Samurai. Uh, if you're into those kinds of things, I think that this is a fine start off issue. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't have a problem with the way the story is written. In fact, I kind of like it. Right? She's going to hunt down the man that killed her paw, <laughs> and they're attacked by monsters. You're, and you're when of a she's like a dog, no, I'm thinking of uh, Cowboy Sonya. That's the next series, right? Uh, I can't remember her name, but there is one. I know there's a cowboy song. Uh, she only wears boots and a metal bikini in the she old has west. A... <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, there's a sea serpent attack. She's making a pact with the with the dragons. It's it's actually kind of cool, right? But it's as a Sonya story goes, it's not doesn't feel like a Sonya story. It it, it feels like a generic lady samurai. Again, would have been a great. 80s movie um it, it just feels like that i i don't know what you think about the story matthew uh i mean i am not the biggest red sonia fan and a lot of times when i read like just an individual issue of red sonia that isn't like a crossover or a big weird wild hook like the hell sonia or the sonia versal i'm just kind of like okay that's 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 fine and that's really kind of how i feel about this i feel like Somebody did a lot of, you know, research. Somebody mm-hmm. was like, hey, we're going to look into this and we're going to see, you know, what's what's the deal? We're going to have this relatively historically accurate Onimusha as our main character. We're going to do all of this stuff. And, you know, I, I fine and all is good. And I really, really loved the solicit cover that you put up like what, two, three months ago, whenever the previews came out, uh, the Perio cover, which is kind of almost a photorealistic face where she's drawing her sword. Yeah. That's the main, she's cover. Got, like, that's the, the main cover. Yeah. The primary cover is beautiful. I love that art. And I came in here thinking, boy, even if the book isn't good to read, as long as it looks like that, I'm, I'm sold and it doesn't. <laughs> Well, I so know. I mean, that's a, that's a, that is a, that in itself is a lifelong discussion that will that will never end, oh, right? Yeah. Because everybody talks about this. It feels like at times there's a little bait and switch going on 
when you see mm-hmm. this fantastic cover. Doesn't matter. Uh, this is a uh, Perillo is the um, is yeah, the artist. Ryan Perillo, I believe is Perillo. Okay. Um, yeah. uh, uh, you know, you get this great looking cover and you're like, holy crap, I'm buying this just because the art, if that's what the inside is, I can't wait mm-hmm. to get home. And then you open it up and it's stick figure stuff. Um, <laughs> and then you're like, son of a, and that's, uh, that's tales, always been the case, the right? I mean, you, you get a great Neil Adams cover, but you don't get Neil Adams inside art. You get a great, uh, you know, uh, um, I don't know, a, a, an Alex Ross cover and you don't get Alex Ross on the inside. Um, Are you threatening me? Yes. So, uh, yeah, I can understand why and I, uh, that's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a large number of artists who do great cover work who may not. And I'm not saying about this artist in particular, but mm-hmm. it would take too long for them to do the interiors. Yeah, uh, and I get that. Uh, Quilano, I believe, is the interior artist. Like Quilano. Yeah. yeah, I don't hate this interior art. It's very flat. Mm-hmm. Um which is probably my biggest, my biggest complaint. This is one that, you know, one of the, the dynamite house styles that we talk about a lot is the really heavy contrast that they have in the shadows. Yeah. Even when there's like no reason to have really dark, heavy shadows, this one does not, this one doesn't have it. It's almost like there's no shading, but you do have lines. You do have lots of lines, uh, not for the shading. So just imagine an outline around every part of your body, but that you're flat shaded. It's an interesting look. It is a different look, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely not the, it's definitely not the cover. I, I don't hate the art in this. I, I, I mean, and again, I don't hate the story in this. Right. Uh, she fights a giant skeleton at the end. Um, That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. yeah and, and Colano did uh, not only did the Hell Sonia and part of the Sonia Versal, Colano just came off of um, DC versus Vampires. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a, yeah. Uh, I think that's in, uh, that's still ongoing now that I think of it. I thought it was over, but I may be thinking of deceased. But yeah. And, you know, I feel like the interiors on this book are, again, they're just fine, but mm-hmm. there's not really, anything to me again you know i don't come in here as a huge fan of red sonia but i'm also not a huge red sonia detractor i really like uh the layouts i like the construction of the armor i like how she brings down the big giant skeleton and the big giant skeleton is intimidating as heck oh yeah it's like you're right something about yeah something about just the coloring or the production does really feel kind of flat and as far as the the actual coloring goes, this book is just overwhelmingly amber. It's kind of like brown yeah. and well, gold and gold and brown. Yeah, on you everything. got to. It's it, it's it's red Sonia, right? So you got to use those heavy golden colors in here. Except when you're in the water, then everything is blue. But um, yes, there is an over reliance on on uh, warmer colors throughout. Yep. Which I don't know. I think when you think of you know a Japanese tale, especially you think of those evening sunsets and everything where everything is all lit up orange and yellows and everything. So I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I, I picture like much more vivid reds and blues. Yeah. So that yellows, is the, that is the one thing know. is there is, you know, you can't have a lot of reds, but we need to talk about the vividness and these are very, right. uh, washed out colors. Yeah. They're very, very desaturated. And you know, when I think of blues, I think of like, uh, uh, Sakai does very good. The blues of like Usagi Ojimbo, mm-hmm. 
those those are the blues of to me a, a traditional samurai type story and i'm just Again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with this book. I feel like the interiors are good. There's a, you know, a really great emotional sequence where she's falling to her death. She's going to drown. And then we cut in and it's this three panel sequence. And then we zoom in on her face and she has this look of awe and fear. And, you know, and we cut to the next panel, literal goddess right in front of her face. I'm like, okay, that is a great facial expression. Mm -hmm for coming face to face with your goddess. And yet I still come out of this book just going like, yeah, okay. That'd be, yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. I, again, I, I think this book should have been marketed as something different, uh, as opposed to Samurai Sonia. Um, I, I, I don't know if, if like a, a traditional samurai tale, not tied to an existing property, is something that's necessarily going to get like an ongoing order from well from your boom I, or your I don't or your I don't think that dynamite is going to turn this into an ongoing. This feels very much like hey, we got five issues of this thing and we're done, and now it's on to the next thing. Uh, which, uh, granted, uh, there's nothing wrong with that because one of the nice things about doing a five issue miniseries is after the end of five months, you see what the demand is. And if everybody's like, oh, yes, we really love this samurai tale and eh, the cowboy tale, not so much. Then they'll know that, oh, we need to bring Samurai Sonya back as another limited miniseries, volume two. And we can tell another exciting tale. So there's there's some there is some thought into that. Right. Let's let's test the market, see how this goes and see what happens. And one could even argue that the Sonya Versal book, when you were introduced to all the different Sonyas, was that tryout where you then go onto social media and see which are, which are the Sonya's that everyone is talking about. And that's what mm-hmm. you do your spinoff books on. Right. Orange Sonya was a cyborg. Uh, yellow Sonya was like a, a steampunk person. I think there was like a Sonya who was a, a nun, nun Sonya. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I think this is a fine book. I think that the story is really kind of interesting. I think it really plays into uh, the myths of Japan. Uh, there's some kind of mm-hmm. demon guy. I'm guessing he's an Oni or something at the end um, yeah. that I think is is really cool. I like the giant skeleton. I like the sea, dirt, sea serpents. I like the meeting of the goddess. I like all that stuff. This is a really cool book from that. Um, but it's still kind of just so-so. I, I'm not sure if you're not a samurai fan, if you're mm-hmm. not a fan of those kind of books, I'm not sure that this is going to interest you. Uh, and so again, it just goes back to my, to my thought that this is just a, an okay book. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I feel like this is going to be something that if you are loving all of the red Sonya titles and you're like immersed in Sonya and you really want some Sonya, but you want something that has, you know, a slightly different era or like a slightly different kind of. Uh, tone or flavor or whatever you want to call it. I feel like this is the book for you. Mm-hmm. If you're really into seeing, you know, something with those traditional samurai during that you know, samurai yeah, that, era, that, yeah, the 700 period. years when yes, there were the samurai. 7,000 years of samurais wandering alone. Basically somewhere between the 12th century and the American Civil War. In that time frame, yeah. that is where the samurai are. We need more samurai stories set in the middle of the Civil War. In the United States. I think that would be interesting because there were active Sam and well, theoretically, 
samurai were were legally abolished in 1876. So it is it is possible. It is logically acceptable, possible for one of those last samurai to like end up in Dodge City. That wasn't the uh, that wasn't the premise of uh, High Noon, was it? What was uh, Jackie Chan's character? He wasn't a samurai, was he? He was just a protector of the princess. When did that even take place? Like in the 2000s. Huh, Shanghai I mean, Noon? Yeah, Shanghai Noon. Yeah, yeah. No, I meant like when was it set? Oh, it was, was it set, set, it, it was set during the American Old West. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't remember if Jackie Chan was. Well, it's got Owen Wilson in it, so I haven't seen it. Um, I feel like it just I've says seen a Chinese Jackie man Chan travels movie. to the Wild West to rescue a kidnapped princess. Doesn't say anything mm-hmm. about. Well, then he definitely wasn't a samurai if he was yeah. a Chinese Imperial Guard. That's true. Uh, Gotta, be, don't want to mix those it, up. Yes, that is. It is an is entirely true. different culture. Different culture, um, different group of people. Yep. So, no, Jackie Chan was not a samurai. However, if he was a, a King Dynasty guard, he had a similar role. And I'm sure it's easy to conflate those from yeah. a Western perspective. Well, but pretty much the minute he's on American soil, he's wearing, uh, right. wearing Western gear. Like, oh, I like a leather well, outfit. His, his name was uh, Sean Wang or something like that. Chan Wang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. I remember that because it had yeah. Lucy Liu in it. Yes, exactly. And Lucy Liu was like 22 in it. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dynamite mm-hmm. Entertainment, I don't, uh, I don't um, um, uh, denounce you or anything for releasing this book. Right. Uh, I think that you need to put a little sticker on there that says this is a, a Sonya Versal <laughs> uh, book. I think that would be something that would let people know, oh, I want to get this besides just Sonya. Uh, again, th- th- that's not a typical name that you're going to find in uh, in Japan. Uh, third thing that I would suggest, if you want to continue to do these kinds of things and maybe sell a few more copies and see mm-hmm. what people's takes are on Samurai Sonya or Purple Sonya or whatever it is, drop the price of this first issue to two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Take a loss on the first issue. You're going to sell more. Right. It means you get a bigger discount on your printing. You'll probably make some money, but then you'll be able to carry those people through. They're going to look on the stands and they're going to say, not only is this great cover art, this book is two ninety nine. All these rest of these chumps are trying to sell me for five ninety nine for their for their Superman book. I'm going to go with this two ninety nine book. And if everyone knows that dynamite books for the first issue are always two ninety nine, I bet you're going to sell a little bit more. For it. Doesn't mean you have to take out the quality. Because you'll either make it up in volume or you'll make it up by the fifth issue when people are buying more of the fifth issue than they would on the first issue at three ninety nine. So I think that that those would be three things that I would suggest on this book uh, and any book that you do that's a tie into this. So universal sticker, lower the price, and whatever the third thing was that I said. <laughs> make sure your co- oh I think it was make sure your cover art matches the interior. No. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, that's not really a big deal to me. Uh, this is an okay book. Okay. I don't, I don't want to discount what Jordan Clark has done or, uh, uh the artist, uh, Quilano. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think they're both, it's fine. It's very good work. Okay. It's just, it doesn't feel like a Sonya book to me. And so therefore mm-hmm. I feel like I got to discount this a little bit and say that it is an average Sonya book, mm-hmm. but a samurai book is pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, if you if you ever, you know, you're walking around the universe and you you're like, hey, should I just, you know, how would I say Namamita Batsu? 
that's how you would say it. I really, I, you know, I love that little bit where you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. That's that's almost, you know, yeah, you know eat they did their research. They did their stuff. You yeah. know, they have the, the character responding in a way that within the storyline makes perfect sense. And I feel like, honestly, uh, if if they had made one minor change. I think I might have been even happier with this because you what, know you're what, like, is, what is your minor Japanese change? Shonia, Shonia. Oh, put put that a, is a Japanese name. Shonia. S, S, so S H O N N I Y A. Shonia. If it had been Samurai Shonia, I would be like, oh, I get it. I see it. Yeah, there is a bit where they do call out her name. Let me let me open it up here again. I just had it open because there is a bit where she's on the deck of the ship before the. Dragon attack, mm-hmm. and they call out her name. Nope, it's straight up Sonia. Yeah, nope. Yep. Yeah. So no, it needs. And, uh, uh, it, yeah, yeah. Shoni. Yeah, yeah. General. No. General. I thought for a moment that General Ryu was uh, an actual historical personage, but I'm like the only General Ryu that I can find was uh, a Korean hero. So I think something else. My brain was just like, nope, sorry. But you know, um, I will say opening page that is a beautiful beautiful ship mm-hmm. it's got a beautiful dragon on it all the armor yeah, there's a lot of great. i mean there's a lot of things to like in this book there's also a lot of things yeah. that i find problematic in this book uh yeah the coloring i think is probably the thing that is the least interesting yes there's the weird photostat thing that i that i'm not a fan of in comics uh, you see that a lot in the water work so you're talking about how great the, sh- the ship looks i look at the water wow. waves and i'm like oh yeah they're trying to uh give a feeling of the the classic uh, Japanese uh, wave paintings that the mm-hmm. artist did. But this one feels like I'm photocopying something that I'm drawing over the top of it and then I'm giving it a color wash. And I'm I'm right. I'm totally not a fan of that of that technique. But, I understand it's a technique I, and there's nothing wrong sure. with that technique from an art perspective. It's just not something that I like. It's not my thing. Yeah, so. it's not my thing. It might be your thing and that's fine. But to me, yeah. it's not my thing. To me, it feels, and again, it's really weird when we talk digital art. Yeah. It, it, you know, if this, and I'm sure a lot of this, I'm, I'm almost certain all of this is digital art. Um, but if this was a traditional art, it would, to me, feel, you know, if it was all hand-drawn, it would mm-hmm. feel cheap. Um, digital, I mean, you... it, feel, it would feel like a shortcut. Uh, ah, okay. Yeah. And so that's what I don't like about it. Um, in a digital realm, man, just copy and paste everything from everywhere. It's fine. <laughs> I, uh, you're not a fan. You're, you don't care. I am not, not a fan. Like I say, the things about this that I enjoy are actually probably the side effect of it being partially digitally rendered. Like, you know, the, the, uh, detail of her armor mm-hmm. or how, the skeleton is so consistent from panel to panel. The skeleton looks really great. And I'm yeah. like, they probably have some sort of modeler. You model the skeleton, you draw the skeleton, you do whatever you have to do. So, I mean, when it comes to art techniques, I don't necessarily feel the, the like problems that you do because I don't always focus on that like when you said the water is a thing i'm like oh yeah there is water there because i wasn't necessarily looking at the water i was looking at you know the the ghost fox and the oni up on the Mm -hmm. top Mm -hmm. discussion you know the people the dancing people and the beautiful ship and i'm like that to me that water is just sort of there like as 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 background as sort of a 
you know, like wallpaper. It's there, but it's not necessarily something that I had particularly looked at. And my thought was, oh, yeah, that's actual water. They just digitally composited it. Okay, we're fine. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that if you love samurai story, if you love Red Sonia as a concept, as a thing, as a as a an entity or a property, this is a book for you. Otherwise, I'm gonna say you can probably safely either skip or wait for a trade. I might come back for a trade. I, I would don't I would come back I'm for a trade. Back I would come back for a trade. If I was um you know, somebody going through the bookstore really needing a Japanese fix of something, pop culture right. something. And I saw Samurai Sonya on here and it didn't have a little sticker on it that said this is part of the Sonyaversal thing. Um, <sighs> I would probably go, oh, this looks like a really cool samurai book. I don't know right. why she's called Sonya. I'll pick it up and buy it. And I would probably enjoy it from start to finish because it looks like they're playing on, again, I wouldn't say tropes, but a lot of the myths and, and legends right. and monsters of the, of Japan. The ver- Yeah, the various trappings of, of yeah. your samurai story yeah. are yeah, yeah, yeah. here. You know, she's not going to meet up with Gru chat room. She's not going to meet up with Yosaki Yojimbo in this. I'm sorry. She should that's totally meet up with Gru. I mean, it would totally be cool, be. but I don't think that's going to happen in here. Um, I would, I would probably, Gabi. I would pick this up as a trade. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. It's an okay book. It's not a horrible book. Uh, mm. You can go in and check it out based on our based on our comments. If you're in the show notes for this over at Majorspoilers.com, there's a link to a Comixology where you can buy a digital copy of this. Read it for yourself. Uh, whenever mm-hmm. you use the Amazon affiliate links over at Majorspoilers.com, a little bit, and I mean a little bit, you're paying three ninety nine mm-hmm. on this. We're probably getting like four cents, I think. Cents. No, I think it's four really? cents, not 14 cents, like four Ooh, cents, like one percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, go it's like, buy this comic a hundred and ten times. Yes, we need you to use that link a hundred and ten times so we can get uh, the cover price. Four dollars and forty cents. Yes, exactly. Uh, in the meantime, thank you, everybody, for checking us out this week. Thank you, chat room, for joining us live. And we hope to see you next week. Uh, until then, remember, there's a lot of great comics out there. Go and read some. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.